Welcome back to another episode. Today is going to be awesome. I got a I got one of my good friends, Tommy Bugulis, and Tommy and I played high school football together where I was two years older than him. And to give a little intro to Tommy, I was a senior and he was a sophomore. And at Buford, like, you don't really play early in your career. You kind of wait until your junior year and really your senior year. And Tommy started for us as a sophomore. And in this conversation, we're going to kind of talk about his journey through high school and then going into college and how kind of he faced adversity. Um, but with that, welcome to the show. Very happy to be here. So was the plan to always play college football? Um, growing up, I would say, like growing up, I played three sports, wrestling, football, and baseball. And really, when I moved to Buford is when the dream kind of started to happen okay. because of the football program. Yeah. You know how big it is. Like, yeah. it's the thing over there. So when I saw the hype around the high school football team, yeah, my dream kind of focused to be a college football player, number one, because not that my parents aren't financially okay, but like I wanted to get a scholarship to go to college. I didn't mm-hmm. want them to pay for it. And that was always like my my like goal was almost to prove it to them. Like I I can I can do that mm-hmm. for for y'all, for myself, for everybody. But uh the dream wasn't always to play college football. I always wanted to be a baseball football in college. Yeah. I wanted to play in the MLB as a kid. Yeah. I think everyone does though. Yeah. But but yeah, and then so when I moved to Buford, it shifted from all that to basically just football. Like I wrestled for my dad for a little, and then I stopped doing that. And then I played baseball there and then I stopped doing that and I just focused on football and from there, yeah, that's where the dream kind of started. And it was fun to to watch you play. I remember obviously I graduated and you had 2 years, but you wore number 1 your senior year and if anyone follows Buford football, you know, if you wear number one, that's like a, a rite of passage. You really, your top dog and your leader wears number one. And I don't, was it might have been the semifinals or it was in the playoffs, but y'all were playing Valdosta. It was a game to go to state. Yeah. yeah. So it was the semifinals. Mm. And it was a big game. And that was when they had Rush Probst as the coach and like they were filming that Netflix documentary. Yeah, we were on Netflix that yeah. day. Yeah. Um, and I just remember watching on TV because obviously we played that Saturday, but we're in the hotel watching the game. And there was a lot of kids in my room watching the game because it was a big game. And How many kids? About, about eight. <laughs> but uh, hey. but we scored the first play. It was a crazy to deep to Jake Pope. Shout and we're all going Jake crazy. Pope. And uh, and then the next, the first defensive drive, it was like one of the first plays. They throw the ball and you tip it up, pick it, and take it back to the house. And I just remember going crazy. <laughs> So then your senior year, you commit to go play to Furman. And I kind of want to say, like, tell this story from my perspective. Because we, we were in the same, like, division with FCS as Furman, with yeah, Kennesaw. Yeah. So we were kind of like rivals. And all my kids were asking, so who this kid, like, going to Furman? I was like, yeah, he's going to be, like, the real deal. I was like, this kid's going to go go play early, too. Because honestly, like, I thought you were going to go bigger than Furman. Like, I thought you were, like, honestly, like, ACC, SEC. I'll get into that, yeah. Um, but you go to Furman and... It's that summer, and then I hear, like, right before going into camp, um, I think Seth told me, one of my friends was like, hey, did you hear that Tommy quit football? And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, Tommy stopped playing. And I just remember thinking, like, I just, I never knew the story. And honestly, I still don't know the story. That's what I'm excited to get it today. But can you describe that journey? Like, what happened? So, I think my junior spring, so March 2020, COVID happened. Yeah. I had all the letters were coming in, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, all the ACC schools, some little SEC schools like the Vanderbilts and stuff mm-hmm. like that were hitting me up. Coach Roof called me constantly, yeah. TD's dad, and uh, he was a D coordinator at Vandy then. 
And uh, we had all these visits set up on my spring break that year in April, April 2020. I was going to hit the whole East Coast of like my offers were from Maryland. And then I had other ones up there that I was going to take real visits on like Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, uh, East Carolina, Coastal Carolina, all those schools. And so when COVID happened, that went out the door because mm. players weren't allowed to go on campus. I mean, we were all on lockdown. No, yeah. no one was taking visits. Yeah. That's for damn sure. And uh, so then that summer, we started back playing like school ball in June. And Davis kind of brought me, Amari, like the guys that had offers mm-hmm. in. And he said, we might not even have a season. These spots are going to fill up. So y'all might have to take y'all's offers that y'all have. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, a lot of us were, quote, unquote, better than what we ended up going to. Like, I mean, Amar Wansley is a better football player than FAU. He's, he's a great football player, bro. He had big offers, too. Mm-hmm. But we weren't allowed to, like, go see those schools. And, you know, your junior year is the most important year. Yeah, recruiting. And so we couldn't do all that that summer. So we all kind of – I was the first one to commit. So I picked Furman because I had a great relationship with the coach there, which come to find out that was probably not the best idea because coaches come and go. Mm-hmm. And – uh and yeah, so that summer I committed just to like almost solidify my spot. I had a free school, chance to play football. I thought it was the way to go, you know, and everyone else kind of did the same thing in our grade. And so, yeah, going into the season, we were, we were pretty much all committed and we were just playing for Buford at that point. So have a good senior year, win the state championship. That was awesome. I was at that game. That game ended crazy too. That was a good game. Um, so let's talk about, describe that journey to me. So you get, you get deferment and you do that summer. Like what happened? That summer, I got there, and same thing as, I guess, like, the hometown people were expecting, like... Oh, yeah, we were... I mean, I was expecting you to go there and play and start early, because I remember telling my teammates, like, yeah, this kid's good, like, he's going to be a problem when we play them. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, it was kind of the same thing. Like, I was, quote-unquote, I guess, their number one recruit from that year. Mm-hmm. Like, the coaches all brought me in like that. The older guys on the team would, like, come up to me and say they were expecting big things, and, like, uh, they were going to give me hell at practice to see how hard it was, mm-hmm. and, you know, like... Yeah, they had big expectations too. So I kind of had a lot of pressure, I guess, on myself, which in looking back on it was not needed. Like, it's just a game. We're all kids right here. But uh, I went that summer. I was the first to to workouts every morning at 536. I killed it in the summer. I mean, I was uh, I would pick out, like, the starting linebackers, and I would run right next to them mm-hmm. so that, like, I could beat them. And I would run next to them, stay late, do all that good stuff. And uh, – the the adversity started to come, I guess, when I guess I was a little bit homesick because I was in a phase of my life where I was pretty, my values weren't all there. Like I, uh, I liked having a good time, bro. I liked mm-hmm. partying. I liked doing all that stuff, you know, and like football, college football is a business, bro. That, that mm-hmm. stuff can't happen if you want to be successful in it. And my coach, like, uh, he was hard on us, bro. He was, uh, he went to air force. He played linebacker there. So he was a real, yeah militant dude you know like intentional about everything like we would uh we'd work out monday through friday you know with the team pretty much 6 a.m through like 4 or 5 p.m meetings running lifts all that but then even on saturday mornings the linebackers had to be there at 6 a.m when everyone else was asleep and we would go out on the field and run do drills do film whenever other position was asleep and that was i remember being one of the biggest things that started to like not piss me off but like i was like dude this is like a job and i'm not even getting paid for it like this is ridiculous and uh we did the summer. I had a great summer. The coaches loved me. They knew like my stuff from Buford. So mm-hmm. like they were always preaching the leadership stuff. Like, you know how to win, like be a, be a winner out here, show all these other kids that where you come from. And so we did that. I had a good summer. Um, and then we had two weeks off. I came home, was back on my bullshit, you know, hanging out, doing whatever I wanted to do, 
went to Miami, like did all this other stuff. And then it was time to go back for like camp. I got back and settled in for like camp. I, uh, it just didn't feel right. Like I was off. Something was off emotionally. I feel like my, the pressure and emotions were just, just off, bro. You know what I mean? Like everything in my life at the time was just not great. My mental health and all that. Like I would say that was one of the only times where like not depression, but like just not happy. Yeah. And, uh, and I did like four or five days of camp, bro, full pads and stuff. And I just was like, dude, this sucks. Like this, I saw the business side of football in high school. I was just like, it was fun. Like I just had fun with it. I joked all the time. I'll be honest. I barely watched film. Like I just, I just, I came out to practice. I did my practice. I went to the games on Friday and I bowled out. That was all I did. And in college, I saw like the business aspect, like these guys and they preached all the time are banking on us to feed their kids and they get paid a good, good bit of money. So if you're fucking around and messing up, they let you hear it and they'll tell you real quick. And I guess that's when I really started to like not love the game anymore. And like my dad, we had this conversation. He was like, if you want to do that, do you, uh, is it about the game or is it about the struggle or is it about your emotions? Yada, yada. And I said, dude, I don't, he was like, how are you going to feel if you don't ever have to lace up those cleats again? And I was like, uh, I don't want to take my wrist out anymore. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to take my ankles anymore. I don't want to go to practice at 6 a.m. because it's a business. If I am going to be doing this, I want to be getting paid and that's possible. But like where I was at the time, it just wasn't like feasible. And so, yeah, I mean, I made that choice that, uh, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to move on with my life and see what else I could do. So walk me through that process of when you decided to step away from the game and did that impact you? Like, cause like obviously football played a big role in my life and your life. You grew up playing sports mm-hmm. and it kind of like, you kind of identify as a football player. Like when I think would think For of sure. you, like I'd be like Tommy, the football player, you know what I'm saying? Did stepping away from the game kind of impact your self identity or anything like that? A hundred percent, bro. Yeah. That's the whole story behind it. And like, that's how I've grown into the like person kid I am today. Like, uh, like you just said, bro, especially playing at Buford and at least myself wearing number one, they don't even see you as like Tommy Bugles. They see you as a football player. You walk around the halls, you're a football player. You're on social media, you're a football player. And so, yeah, when I stopped playing football, bro, my identity I felt was lost. My ego was crushed. Like, and every college football player, whether they believe it or not, they have a big ego because everyone builds them up and builds them up and builds them up. There's fans screaming your name. Kids want to have your autograph, yada, yada. But, uh, yeah, my self-identity was gone for a long time, probably a year and a half. I felt like I disappointed everyone. I felt like people were judging me. Like you said, Seth was asking about me. Like, people, t- I knew people were talking about it. And it just, like, it killed my spirit almost. Yeah, my ego, my identity. And so, yeah, I've st- I'm still working on it. But this is honestly the first time I've even talked about it with anybody. Like, no one really knows what happened besides my parents. And, uh yeah, so like that that process was definitely difficult emotionally and uh with my identity. How did you so you decide to to make that decision to step away? And like you said, like did were you thinking like I wonder what people are going to think? For sure, that's all like I remember uh like I told like I lived the lie for the longest like I told my parents and stuff like I was like I don't I don't care what they think, you know, like yeah. I, don't, I don't care, but everyone cares. And uh which is stuff that I'm still trying to overcome, like judgment and being feared of judgment. But uh, yeah, I was definitely scared of what people thought. And uh, it took a while for me to really think about like, in reality, everyone has their own path. If I was going to, if I was meant to play college football, I meant to go to the NFL, it would have happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, and whether people judge me or not, 
my life is my life. You yeah. know what I mean? So I kind of had that realization, but for sure. So you step away, you make that decision to step away from the game. How did you handle the self-identity and the people judging you? Like, how did, what did you use? Like, how did you kind of regain that confidence? Cause like right now, like you're like your self-confidence, you're, you're a very self-confident person. You influence people like you have, like you are an encouraging, inspiring dude to be around now. But like, when you left and made that decision to step away from stop playing, like you probably weren't like that. How did you regain that? It's honestly like you told me two weeks ago or whatever, like, uh, and I've been told this my whole life by coaches, parents, people that played with me. Like you said, I had that like it factor. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of pushed me back into even the real world. Like you can be a influence in the real world without being a football player, bro. You can touch people without being a football player. And so, yeah, I kind of started believing that again, that like, yeah, I do bring value to the table, whatever that conversation may be. I can add value to the world. I can be a light for people. And so like that self-realization is what really prompted me to like get better. You know what I mean? So when you were playing and I was the same way, like we were kind of driven by, we wanted to perform well on Friday or Saturday or whatever. Um, and we, obviously we had a lot of structure too. Like we had coaches, teammates, we had a lot of accountability. When you get away from that, like it's kind of when it's just you, like when I got done with football, I was like, damn, like I, I felt like I had a void in me. Like I lost mm-hmm. that team, lost that, like the drive. Like I had really nothing to work for, you know? I just kind of want to know, like, how did you handle that? Like that, that where you kind of had to hold yourself accountable. Like what drove you? It took me a while because like you said, you were getting up for the coaches every day. Yeah. You were getting up because they told you to be there. You were working out because that's what they told you to do. You were around the guys in the locker room and you fed off their energy. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people, you know, in college football, some of them have great energy in the locker yeah. room, bro. Like guys are just happy and hype all, all the time. time and you feed on that. But like you just said, when you're alone and you have no football and you have no teammates and you have no coaches, it's on you, bro. If you want to go to the gym in the morning, you got to make yourself get up. Or if you want to eat better, you got to make yourself do that. And I guess, like, it still comes from sports, like, the discipline factor. Like, the more disciplined I became in my own life and the own structure I built within my own mm-hmm. head, you know what I mean? That's how I got back into the swing of things, I guess, without that inside influence or outside influence from a coach or a player, et cetera. So what do you think you got the most from your athletic experience? Is that discipline? Discipline and habits, bro. Habits are everything. How you go about an intention. Mm. Like Buford, everything had to be intentional. It was militant, bro. Everything we did was do it right, do it light, do it quick, do it fast. You know what I mean? And like there was no going through the emotions. They used to say that every day. If you wake up and you go through the emotions and you go to your your job and you you just swing through the day, you just wasted a day, bro. Tomorrow's not promised. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of figured that out. Like you can't just go through the emotions. You kind of have to be intentional about it. So sports really – brought that factor out and like being disciplined about things, working on yourself, working on your mental health, working on your body, working on your craft, whatever your job is, getting better at it, growth every single day. And that's what sports taught me. Like, dude, wrestling, my dad like has been coaching since I was, I've wrestled since I was three years old. And And, like, that is the hardest sport on earth. No matter what anyone says that in like mixed martial arts, it's, you get your ass whooped every day. Mm -hmm. It's an ego check. Practice sucks. I mean, you walk in a, in a stadium or Coliseum and there's a thousand people there. And if you get pinned on your back, it's the most embarrassing thing ever. But like, it taught me how to be mentally tough. And like, dude, if like, I always thought like we talked about, if you can wrestle, bro, you can do anything in life. So like sports really gave me that 
built those habits and structure in my own body. What I didn't know until like recently after playing football, you know? So what kind of drives you now to wake up and go to the gym and do these little things and be intentional with your day? Like what's kind of your why? Like, why do you get up in the morning now? Bro. And it just recently came like into my head like this, but like, like I said, adding value, like I used to, I was working like selling cars and I was big on like the money. Like I wanted to make money big on money. I love money. I love cars. I love that stuff. And recently I've just kind of like gotten away from that. I've been like thinking, okay, well, you don't die with money. You don't die with cars. You don't die with any of that shit. It, it's great to have, but it doesn't really matter. Not to say I don't care about it, but I realized recently, like the more value you bring to a room and the more light you bring to people's lives, it's more joyful like that, yeah. bro. And so like, that is what it's kind of driven me recently. Like now I get up every day at like five o'clock. That's just cause like, I don't know, I guess I've become a crazy motherfucker. Like I don't sleep. Like I just want to get up and go do something, bro. So if you could go back and talk to yourself going through that time or like a young athlete that's, you know, that kind of yeah. just stepped away from the game of something that they've kind of always known and kind of always loved and they kind of get that stripped away from them now and it's like a whole new reality, really. Like it's a whole new lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like what advice would you give to a young athlete that has all of that and they're kind of dealing with the like, damn, like I just stopped playing this. Like I'm kind of dealing with like self identity and like, I'm, I'm, I care. Like you're right, bro. People care they what do. people like. I care what people think about me. Like it's just people, people can, can say can what say they that. want, but everyone cares about their perception. Yes. Everyone cares. about. Their so perception. what advice would you give for someone that a student like athlete that just stepped away from the game or something that they loved and like they care what people think of them? What advice would you give? Whether you're thinking about like getting away from a sport or you actually decide to do that. It's kind of the same aspect. I would say, number one, really think about it and don't be irrational. Like, I made the decision pretty quick, bro, mm -hmm. like within like two or three days of thinking about it. And I would kind of say, it's always like the saying, like, you're either you're either in a storm or coming out of one. And I would say, like, people, well, a lot of us are in the storm a lot of the times, but you're always going to get out of it, bro. Nothing lasts forever. So if you were thinking about quitting or not doing this for the rest of your life or whatever, I would say give it time and think about it. And think, is this the right thing to do? And if that is the right thing to do, then do it. And you'll be fine without it, bro. Because like I said, if you've played sports and you have that mindset instilled in your life, it'll carry over into the real world. Yeah. And people will see that. That's why people uh, people hire athletes all the time for jobs. Because they know. They show up for work, they work hard, and they get it done. So, I mean, I would say as a young person, you really just kind of have to get over that fear of judgment, even though everyone has it, and then chase your own dreams, bro. And uh, be intentional about your stuff and... Almost like, like I, like I said, everyone cares about their perception, but at the end of the day, you kind of have to care about yourself more. What's best for Tommy right now? What does Tommy need to do to get better? What does Tommy need to do to feel better? And then whatever comes, comes after that. And it should take care of everything for you. I agree with that. Man, it was fun to watch your journey in high school. It was fun to, to watch your journey now and just kind of be a part of it. Um, like what you're doing now is, is, is impressive, you know? Um, like the motivation stuff, like you're up, like you talked about, like waking up at 5 a.m. and posting that stuff. Like you might think like it kind of gets I'm up working while these motherfuckers day. are sleeping, bro. But like it's it's inspiring. Like kids will see that and be like, like especially young kids our age, if they see a kid our age doing something like that, it'll inspire them. Like, damn, if Tommy can do it, I can do it too. So I just wanted to shout you out and say like I'm proud of what you're doing because sure. I know it's not easy. No. I know it's not easy. No. no one wants to get up at 5 a.m. when the alarm goes no. off. No, and no one wants to sit and tell and get vulnerable and tell their story about no, when they no, were down. No, yeah. 
So I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that, dude. That takes a lot of courage too. Let me say this. I would say, uh, like the one thing, like the reason with the motivation and stuff like that, I've been like putting it out on social media mm-hmm. so much is because bro, if you grew up with me and you know me and you knew me, mm-hmm. like, dude, I, I, I did the bad habits. I went to the parties. I did all that stuff. I am the same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I'm no different. I've yeah. never been different. So like, I'm kind of doing it for the people that have known me who may be stagnant and like are stuck in the same cycle every day and no growth and everything that if you knew me growing up and you see where I'm at now and going to where I'm going, you just know that you can do it too. Like you seriously can. Like anyone that grew up with me and did the things that I did and was around me when I was in that time frame of like lostness, I guess you could say. And then like to see me grow into the person I am right now, it just, it's like, I'm doing it for proof of people. Mm-hmm. You can, you can do this and you can, you can get up at 5am. You can better yourself. You can be a light. You can get closer with your faith. You can make real money in this world. Like you can be an impact, whether you believe it now or not, I'm a prime example. And that's why I've been posting it all the time. That's crazy. I was having this thought this morning on the way to the gym. Cause I was thinking about our conversation and I'm a little the same way, like going through high school, especially early in my college career, like, especially on the football team. Like I was the known, I was the dude that like through the parties, like after practice, after games, like, hey, Clay, like, where are we at? We're at your spot tonight. Like, I was the known, move maker, yeah, man. Like, I was known as a guy that could throw the good parties, and yeah. I did. I threw good parties. Yeah. <laughs> but like now, and but like now, like once I started posting, I, I thought, like, what are people going to think of me? Because back then they thought of me as the dude that could throw good parties, Mr. Cool Guy. Yeah. But now, like, I want to have, I want to impact people, you know? And we, I sent you that quote today, like, if you want to impress someone, Show them, show them how you win. If you want to impact someone, show them your struggles. And that's kind of what I'm like. That's what I'm doing now is I want to have impact. I want to help people. Everyone has struggles, bro. So like when I felt, I felt judged when I started posting, like I made a video that first time and I was like, dude, like I just, I was so nervous. Like my thumb was shaking to press post. I was like, what are people going to think of me? Like <laughs> they've only known me as being the fun, like Mr. Mr. You know, fun. Funny guy. But like now it's like, oh, you're serious. Like, what is this? Like you're a motivator. And I remember I had one friend who was like, what are you trying to be like an influencer now? And like, I still think of that. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to be an influencer, but I'm trying to help people and impact people. Cause that's something that I care about. Like all that fun stuff, like that gets old after a while, you know? That was it for me. So, and that's, what's just like one thing. If you can see someone like you can change, like you can actually change, but you just got to do it at the end of the day. You just got to make a conscious decision in your mind and be like, you know what? I'm sick of living this lifestyle, which I wasn't a bad person or living a bad lifestyle, but like, it was nothing that I was proud of. Like when I went to places, I don't want people to look at me as just the partier, you know, want a bigger, want a bigger impact. Like you said, but like, I felt weird posting. Like I still feel weird posting. Um, yeah, like we just, <laughs> like I don't, we just talked about right before this, before the camera started rolling, we were like, damn, I'm nervous. Yeah. We're both nervous. And we had to restart this thing three times. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm still not comfortable getting in front of a mic, getting in front of a camera and doing this. But like the more I do it, the better I'll get at it. But it comes, know? it comes down to, would you rather be comfortable for the rest of your life or uncomfortable? I'd rather mm-hmm. be uncomfortable. It yeah. means I'm trying new things and I'm growing. And, and I always feel good. Like once we done recording this, we're going to feel good about feel that great. we did this because we great. got out of our comfort zone knowing hopefully this will help somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, like like you're saying about the um, like the fear of the judgment or whatever of like being nervous to post yeah. or what people think about you, bro. Like it's kind of funny. I was thinking the same thing, but I've had a lot of people actually reach out to me like, dude, this is fucking awesome. 
they're like, bro, this like has changed my day. This has changed my mind. Now I got to live. I text every day I wake up at five. I text probably 10 or 15 of my friends, like some motivational, like go get it, bro. No one's, no one's going to come here and save you. No one's going to give you what you want, whatever you want out of li- life. You got to go grab it. And like people have been nonstop hitting me up. Like, this is amazing. Keep it going. Send me this, send me that. And like, it was kind of the opposite response mm-hmm. of what I thought. Dude. Once you jump off that cliff, it might be better than you think. Sometimes the grass is greener on the other side, I guess. Yeah. Dude, I went through the same thing. When I first posted that first video, I mean, it was, I had people call me. I had people. I bet I keep, you have people all the time. Let me get on the pod, bro. Oh, yeah. And then it's like. I had one of my friends, Laura, who I haven't talked to in forever. We went to like elementary school together. She wrote me the nicest handwritten note and made a shirt. Like, it's just, it's like little things like that. I just got so many texts from people I haven't talked to in for years. Like, hey, like people notice, dude, once you step out of your comfort zone, like people will notice because it kind of inspires them, you know, to be like, damn, if he can do it, like I I can do it. And that's why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I want to be a real life example of a kid that doesn't have anything figured out. You know, I'm not successful. I haven't made it in any means. We're all the same. But dude, I'm trying. Mm -hmm. I'm trying. And I just want... Someone to look at me and what we're doing and be like, damn, like these two, they're trying. Like mm-hmm. maybe I can do it too. That's all it is. I mean, it's all effort. Everyone can have, what do you, you can control your effort and you can control your emotions. Yeah. That's what I always say. Like, and uh, if you're trying, that's pretty much good enough in this life. Bro. Yeah. At least you, it, I'd rather fail than never know what it would have been like. Yeah. So like the more you try and put yourself out there, the more opportunities will come and the better you'll feel about yourself. Like you said, you're proud of this thing now. Yeah. It's grown. Like it's every every guest you have on, it gets better and better and better. More views, more impact, the bigger audience you reach, you'll just keep getting more proud, bro. So, but it's been fun to watch your journey. This conversation was awesome. I'm just excited to watch what you do and the impact you're going to have. But with that, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. And I'll see y'all next week.